0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Well, so far this week, we've talked with Dustin Minkey, ranked number seven in the National all wall Tour, as he gets ready for the national championship, and John Hoyer, who's ranked number one. Today, we hear from the rookie, Will Pappenfuss of Bemidji, who, in his first season, ended up number eleven, and he too is getting ready for the national championship at Devil's Lake. We'll hear from Will and our lake of the week from the Walker Area office. Coming up next. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love. Walk- And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fish is all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing, Paul Bunyan Country This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we're checking in with Will Pappenfuss. He's over at Northwoods Bait and Tackle, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about with uh, pro-fishing, but we'll start with uh, the local stuff. Uh, what are you hearing out there these days, Will?
1: Uh, you know, it's been, it's been decent. You know, August we started off with a really good bite. It kind of just flipped the switch after all the bugs and or all, yeah, all the bug hatches and the weather kind of cooled down a little bit, and they really turned on for a couple of weeks, and then now it's kind of just been hit and miss here as we start to see the water temps drop, and as soon as they uh, start dropping into the low 60s and high 50s, I think we're going to see a really good bite again.
0: Okay. Well, it uh, so you're catching fish, even though, well, I guess dog days are kind of winding down now, but did you ever really have a complete shutdown? You know,
1: it depended on the lake. Uh, lakes with a lot of mud, that had like Bemidji and cast and stuff like that. The crayfish were molting, and then, yeah, all the mayflies on top of that, especially leech to It kind of, it kind of can get a little tough. And then once that kind of seems to wind down, it gets really good again. So you're starting to see, we or we started to see cast really turn on right after that. And leech is starting to turn on again
0: as well. I just heard a guy out, uh, I think it was on Andruja, and long lining, um, crankbaits right now for walleyes and catching them in the middle of the day
1: yeah they're uh they're up shallow feeding on crayfish i mean the schools we've been finding we've been snagging quite a few crayfish just trying to catch walleye, so they're they're all over the place feeding on them There's, i mean by the time you get off the lake your uh your boat looks orange from all the yeah. crayfish that have been puking up so
0: if we're out uh fishing right now where would we start where should we be tooling around in those in those shallow weeds still
1: yeah, I definitely would start there. Um, we've been getting quite a few of them out of there, but they're still on that main lake stuff, or just right off the, right off the edge of there, either on the bottom or some are up suspended chasing baits. So you can throw baits at those, or you can pull lead core with crankbaits and get them. Just kind of whatever you want to do. We can pick your poison. If you want to fish shallow, you can fish shallow. If you want to go deep, you can go deep. They're all over and in between.
0: Wow. Well, Will Pappenfush, uh is not only a, a good guide and a and a, and a great uh, helper at Northwoods Bait, he and a great angler. He's a great enough angler that in his first year on the National Walleye Trail or National Walleye Tour, he ends up number eleven going into the national championship. Not a bad rookie year, Will.
1: No, I can't complain. You know, I. Had a- <laughs> Had a few missed opportunities where I kinda of stubbed my toes, but uh my main goal is to make the championship on Devils and we did. So now we just gotta gotta go get everything tuned in there and hopefully we can finish strong there.
0: So tell me a little bit about the season, kinda give us a, a recap of how the season went for you in the four previous tournaments.
1: Okay. Yeah, it uh it started about it started off about as rocky as you can get. Uh I didn't, I had to borrow a boat and I had battery issues and trolling motor issues and it was cold and windy. And think, I think I got about seven or eight hours of pre-fishing in total for that one on a place I'd never been to in the middle of Illinois. And it just was like, so mind playing And Basically at one point I told myself I should just go home, but I we stuck it out and ended up cashing a the check there in the first event they ever fished. So that was kind of cool. And then uh, Winnebago, I just missed a check on. I think I was like thirty thirty something thirty first or something. I think they paid the thirtieth and I got thirty first, I think or wow. something. I just just missed her. Okay. And then, uh then we went to South Dakota and fished Lake Francis Case and ended up taking I think twenty sixth place or something and cashing a check there. So that was that was a really fun place. There's a lot of fish down there. And it's a it's it's a pretty place to fish. I mean there's bluffs, there's there's everything out there. It's pretty sweet to fish. And then uh Sault Ste Marie I got about two and a half days pre fish. We uh fished the United Way tournament here in Bemidji area and stuff and then so as soon as we got done with that we hopped in the truck and drove through the night over there and had about yeah, two and a half days pre fish and we bas I basically just needed one fish to qualify for the championship. So I just tried to find a couple of spots. I knew for sure I could get fish and whatever happened after that happened and I ended up uh Losing a couple the first day, that kind of hurt. We had a fog delay, so I only had about a half-hour window where they were really biting good. And then uh second day, I had a libel issue and lost three fish on the way in. So
0: Okay. Wow. Well, uh, a pretty good rookie season. Now, had you fished any of those waters before? I have not. So this was all new stuff for you um, in, in in your first-ever year?
1: Yeah, it uh, basically was going in blind, but uh, it pays to have good uh, good friends to travel with and kind of help and you know, work together and you know, we learn off each other every tournament. And we all do like to do different things and we try different things and it all just works
0: out. So um and one of the interesting things about tournaments like this, you get a different co-angler every day. Um that's that's got to be unique that you have to kind of train in a guy or, you know, work with a guy that you've never seen before?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it adds a whole different aspect to it. You know, you're not fishing with the flow or got a good rhythm going like you would with a regular tournament partner who you fish with forever and are going to know their next move and trust. So it's basically just you and you got to you got to make all the decisions, all the calls, and you got to be on your game. Otherwise, it's not going to
0: work out usually. Yeah. Um, what surprised you the most about the tour? What uh, what were some of the things that that you didn't expect when you when you embarked on this journey? Um,
1: you know what, you always hear different things about. Uh, you know, you're going to fish against guys you've looked up to forever and who have learned from. You just don't know, you know, how they're going to be in person or whatever. How everything or everybody's going to take it in different places but everybody i've talked to has been super cool and we're super cool to see that i went and did it and it's it's been really really good experience out there
0: which was your favorite of the four bodies of water
1: i would say france's case for sure just because there's a lot of fish out there and the bite was really good till about two days before i got a little bit tougher but there's just a lot of fish out there they're willing to bite and they're just they're angry absolutely just angry the way they react out there. It's almost like you're fishing a school of tarpon, but they're 17, 18-inch wallets. It's pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> wow. Now you're uh, getting ready for the uh, national championship. That'll be on Devil's Lake next week, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. i got to assume you've, you've fished Devil's Lake before.
1: I have. That's the that's the one I fished, so it's, <laughs> that's why I wanted to make it, so at least I had something going into it that I could feel comfortable with and maybe have a shot to do good, but I haven't spent as much time out there the last couple of years as I have, but it's, uh, it's shaping up to be a pretty good bite out there too. So I think it's gonna it's gonna take a decent weight to win, but you're gonna need to be able to do it three days in a row.
0: I tell you what, Will, that's uh, such a unique l- w- lake. I, I, I is it still growing? I know it's you know it's gotten bigger and bigger over the years. And I mean, if you go uh, if you're one of those divers and you're doing some scuba diving, you could find some amazing things down there, including a barn or two. I mean. Uh, it's really a unique piece of water.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, I snuck out there last week, and I had nothing going on. And it's crazy some of the stuff that I was catching fish out of, you know, and just seeing down there and the map I'm using and everything. It's I don't want to give up too much yet, sure. but just some of the stuff I was pulling fish out of would make you just sit there and, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? What did I just catch that fish out of? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> And it's just, it's absolutely nuts.
0: And uh, you're heading out there tomorrow? Yep. And then you'll be there, uh, obviously, hopefully uh, through Friday for sure, right? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Any thoughts? I mean, what do you think it's going to take to to win or to cash a check in that uh, tournament weight-wise? Any ideas?
1: I think to win, you're going to need probably, I want to say, I could be wrong because this is a this is going to be a whole different tournament with everybody having you know forward facing sonar and stuff compared to last time so I think you're still it's still probably going to take like anywhere from 84 to 88 pounds over 3 days to win. Okay. But it just depends on the weather and everything else, but I think if you have 84 to 88 pounds you got you got a chance.
0: So you mentioned, you know, the opportunity to fish alongside and against, you know, people you've looked up to. Was was there any particular angler, any particular guy that uh, that was kind of your hero that you got to fish against this year? Yeah, so, well, basically the
1: the whole reason I ended up wanting to do it was uh, Corey Springle won the first ever NWT and I think it was 2013, and I was sitting in high school, I don't know if I was watching the weigh-in or watching the recap video or something from it, and... I just remember thinking, I want to do that. And I just remember saying, like, I think he was 26 at the time when he fished the first one and won it. And, uh, when I, uh, started my first ter- or first NWT tournament this year, I was 26. So it was kind of, kind of a fluke weird deal that kind of worked out that way. But it, I got, I mean, it's just fishing against him, the guy who's done so much and he's kind of had an off year, which is kind of, makes him look more human i guess (laughs) from what he was so it's kind of i mean it's just crazy fishing against some of these guys especially him and doing well so it's it's been a it's been a fun experience and it's been a humbling experience at the same time and you know you just can't make any mistakes
0: otherwise it's going to cost you in that field you're going to do it again next year it's the plan right now well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's pretty exciting. There's a lot of uh, guys I know, a lot of guys who are on this show that uh, that are going to be down there. I mean, uh, Dusty's in the top ten. You're just outside the top uh, ten. And, of course, John Hoyer's sitting number one. So uh, it's been great talking to you guys this week for sure and, and uh, love seeing guys from our neck of the woods doing well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're all good friends and talk quite a bit. I and mean, it's that's cool that, you know, we're all, we're all rooting for each other to do good. You know, we want to beat each other, but we all want each other to do good. So,
0: All right. Well, listen, before I let you go, Will, uh, you got time for a quick Fast Five? Yeah, for sure. All right, Fast Five with Will Pappenfuss. One, two, three, four. Fast Five. Question number one. We're having dessert. Are you eating cake or are you eating pie? Pie. You got a particular favorite? Uh, chocolate mousse or a nice warm apple pie. All right. Can't go wrong with either one of those. That's a fact. Question okay. number 2, what is your favorite movie of all time? Uh probably The Dirt. The Dirt.
1: Yeah, I don't it's think. On I... Netflix.
0: Okay. All right. So, so it's a it's a new newer one on Netflix?
1: Yeah, it came out a couple of years ago. It's uh, about Molly Miley crew. And how they started and everything.
0: Oh, okay. Question number three: Growing up, what was your favorite TV show? Probably South Park. <laughs> I'm sure, your mom loved that.
1: Oh yeah, she was a big fan. <laughs> she would always turn it off whenever I had it on, or she'd just go in the other room and watch it, watch something else in her room.
0: <laughs> Question number four: You uh, have found out it's. A, you have one more meal left on planet Earth. What is that meal going to be?
1: Prime rib with a side of uh, baby back rib and sweet corn.
0: Mmm. Mmm, mm, mmm, Sounds pretty darn good. All right. Mm-hmm. Question number five. Fiance is going to perk up at this one. Who was your high school celebrity crush? Oh, uh, high school celebrity crush? Yeah. sure. So-
1: Probably um, Jessica Simpson for sure.
0: Will, uh, thanks for the time today. Obviously, uh, you've got a busy stretch coming up, but we wish you the best of luck. We'll be watching closely next week and hope you do really well in Devil's Lake. Good luck to you, Will. Thanks for taking the time today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kev. Appreciate it.
0: Up next, we head over to the Walker Area Fisheries Office to find out about our latest Lake of the Week.
1: I'm Will Pampoos and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors because Kev Jackson needs all the help he can get.
0: Go one step further into the outdoors this summer and experience the incomparable natural wonder of Bemidji the first city on the Mississippi. Bemidji features abundant access to the great outdoors with over 400 pristine lakes perfect for canoeing, paddle boarding, and over 160 miles of trails that run through the northern Minnesota landscape. Plan your next great outdoor adventure today at
2: visitbemidji.com.
0: Bemidji points to
2: I'm Bruce Jean, and this is and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of
0: the
1: Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Holy Cow!
0: Well, it is Lake of the Weekday, and we're taking a look at uh, Six Mile Lake, which is in the Walker Area Fisheries Office. Aaron Haas, a fishery specialist, is joining us. Aaron, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, tell me about Six Mile Lake and let me see if you, how much you actually know about Six Mile Lake. Can you tell me why it's named Six Mile Lake?
2: Oh my gosh, it's so funny you say that because my coworkers were just going, oh, just asking me if I knew, and I have no idea, and they didn't know either. So, that made me feel a little bit better. Um, I, I honestly do not know. Do you know?
0: <laughs> I do not know. I've, you know, this at least. <laughs> These are the questions a nerd like me with no life needs to know. I need to know the answer to these things.
2: That is hilarious. I should have prepped for that one because they definitely were like, he's going to ask you this. And I'm like, no. (laughs) They said, just make something up like six mile Creek runs out of it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I, you know
0: my guess is there was a central point, and this lake was six miles away from it, whatever that was when they did some early mapping. That's my guess, but it's just a total yeah, guess. I
2: mean that sounds sounds like something that is very possible, <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of the neat things about this lake as i as I look is it's it's in the heart of the forest, and so I'm assuming it's a little bit more of a wilderness lake than a lot of lakes we have.
2: Yeah, definitely. So it's um, it's like a 1,323 acre lake uh, with a maximum depth of 68 feet. So it's pretty deep uh, and it's totally within the Chippewa National Forest, about two miles southeast of Bina, Minnesota, just kind of south of Highway 2. And yeah, if you look on like a map, you'll see that it's pretty much almost well, mostly undeveloped shoreline, um, but it does have a public access and a small campground on the northeast shore but it's really nice because if you're looking for that kind of scenic experience with um not kind of having to look at a bunch of houses it's a really good option and
0: you say it's uh, just south of Bina?
2: yep just south of Bina, i believe two miles
0: okay so i'm assuming there will be a sign that says six mile lake turn right and you take that and you get to the get to the lake
2: Yep, there's, like, a little road um, that you'll take a ride on, and I do think it is it is called Six Mile Lake Road. Okay.
0: So. All right, so you should be able to find it from there. Once you're there and you get on that lake, what, what are we going to be fishing for? What are we going to be
2: catching? So it's generally known for its walleye and crappie fishing, um, and we actually just surveyed it last summer, 2022, uh, with a standard survey. Um, so walleye... They have been consistently sampled in Six Mile Lake, um, dating back to early surveys in like the 70s. And we usually catch consistently, um, about five walleyes per, per net. And that's kind of a, considered a quality fishery in terms of numbers. Mm-hmm. And the lake has been stocked, um, since the 70s, but with like various life stages of fish. Uh, so, but since 2017, we've been consistently fry stocking it. Uh, and it appears to be doing really well. as We're seeing kind of a variety of sizes um, and ages of fish uh, continuing to recruit into the fishery. So it's a popular walleye fishing destination. Um, crappies, you know, we can't say much based on our survey data because they're notoriously hard to sample in the summer using our standard gears. Um, but just off of angling reports and of the of the few fish we do catch, um, really quality size. Um, and I think it's like a popular um, summer fishery for, for crappies and walleyes.
0: You know, and usually a lakes like that that have both crappies and walleyes will have a ton of bluegill. Um, it doesn't look to me like you have a ton of bluegills, but they're 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 there, certainly.
2: Yeah, that's what's really interesting, actually, that you mention it, is because if you look at the historical data set from Six Mile, we really never sampled uh, panfish at all in there Um all the way till 2013, we virtually caught, like, no bluegills in our trap nets. Um, but then I believe in, like, the 2016 survey, they caught a handful per net. And then actually in this last summer survey, catch rates were up to, like, 16 per trap net. So it seems like there's, like, a newly establishing sunfish uh, population in that lake. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shapes up in the years to come.
0: How about bass? We have money bass in that lake?
2: Um, we do not catch, that's another species that you kind of have to do a specialized sampling for in the spring to get a good handle on what the population looks like. And we haven't done that in that lake, um, out of the fact that we don't have any special rigs or anything going on in there. Um, but there's bass in there, there's largemouth bass. We catch them kind of inadvertently in our nets, um, but we can't say much for size. Uh, northern pike, there's, um, a lower density population of pretty nice sized fish. I think most pike we caught in 2022 were between 17 and 23 inches, but I know pike over 30 inches um, have been caught in in previous surveys. So it's kind of nice because it's like not, it's not your typical, um, you know, hammer handle, like tons of small pike fishery. Uh, So that's kind of nice. There's probably some larger ones in there for people to catch.
0: How much pressure does the lake actually get?
2: So we've never done a form, like a real creel survey, we call it, um, to kind of assess angling pressure on that lake. But just based on um, like reports we've gotten from people, it seems to be pretty popular in the summer, um, less so in the winter. It's hard to say how many people for sure, but it's kind of a popular destination because it's so close to Highway 2. Um, it's by a lot of those larger lakes, so say people go, they want to fish leech or windy, um, but it's too windy. You know, maybe people stop there, and they've got that campground. So I think it is fairly popular in the summer.
0: Well, it uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of lake I like to fish. I love uh, places where it's nice and quiet, and, you know, you get to see stuff on the shoreline. You, you probably wouldn't if it was a well-developed shoreline. Um, and, uh, and, of course, uh, the fish are biting. So there's there's
2: a lot to like about Six Mile Lake. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, some other species we've caught in there during survey, uh, bowfin, bullheads, pumpkin seed, rock bass, and white suckers. Um, So there's, you could have the chance at one of those, which is always exciting for some people and maybe a pain for others. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as far as we know, no AIS have been identified in there. Um, But, so that's something to to be conscientious of and uh, no special regulations on that lake.
0: Okay, yeah, that's... I was uh, going to ask about any concerns, but it's always good to know there's still a lot of lakes without any AIS on them.
2: Yeah, yeah, and a good reminder to to continue to keep an eye on that, to try and, you know, not introduce something to a lake that, that's ticking along well without anything.
0: Anything else we should know about Six Mile Lake?
2: Um, I don't think so, other than, yeah, it's a beautiful lake um, located in the Chippewa National Forest, and... Opportunity for some quality sized fish in there.
0: And again, uh, if you want to find it, you go towards Bina on Highway 2, you take the Six Mile Lake Road south, and uh, basically you'll get there. Yep, yep. All right, Aaron Haas is a fisheries specialist out of the Walker Area Fisheries Office giving us the details on Six Mile Lake. Aaron, thank you for taking the time today.
2: Thank you so much for
0: having me. F I S H I I N Ball I N in country.